1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Little Miss Recap, the podcast where we don't have anything witty to say today. (laughs)
1: Not not so much. I don't know if either of us are our wittiest. We'll get into it. I think our wittiness will improve with time. Will our wittiness improve when we're discussing murder?
0: Possibly. Given us, yes, possibly. Guys, I'm Amy Archer, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Good morning. It's Sunday. We're here to talk murder.
1: We're here to talk murder. I, I well, jokingly well, true say- crime.
0: We don't true know if 100% murder.
1: Yeah, I jokingly said that I feel like Sunday mornings, this our recording time has become our church. So for our church today, we're yeah. discussing the disappearance of a 15-year-old girl.
0: Oh my God, this show.
1: I so loved I want, it.
0: I want your opinion because I loved it. And of course, I heard through the grapevine. That my
1: twin, my soul sister, Jake Anthony, also loved it. <laughs> ah, well, if yeah, I'm pretty much sure if 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 Jake loves something, we're likely to love it. Um, yeah, yes, I loved it. I get where people say it was slow because it was. Yes, I get. But that. I actually thought yes. it was beautiful because so too. many of these documentaries are like bang, 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 bang. Another fact, another fact, another fact, another fact. That you're like, oh my god, what world am I living in? This was just very yeah. slow. Um I want to live in Steven's house cuz that house is stunningly oh, gorgeous. Yes.
0: He's um, Let's just get this out of the way. Not a holdy. I thought long and hard about it. Yeah, no, not he's not a holdy, but he's I like a him a lot. I think he has holdy potential.
1: He does. He could use a little spiffing
0: up. Yes. Um he is, I, I mean, I think the money in the house could help me get over the
1: part. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want to know where he got all that money from, but so, clearly so he's he done is, well in life. He's in finance. Oh, okay, well,
0: there you go. Yeah, so there we there go. There you go. Okay. Um, full disclosure, guys, I am sniffly, snorty today. It it's is, is allergy season in Northeast Pennsylvania. There's nothing I can do about it. You're just going to have to listen to me. I'll I'll do my best to mute and mm-hmm. blow my nose, mm-hmm. deal with my snozers, but they're here. Just yeah. Yeah, right you now. have
1: you have what I refer to as the snorfuls.
0: I do because it's um, more than have, sniffles. Have you watched and just like that? And are you uh, as enraged as I am?
1: Yes, and yes, yes, and yes. I, I, I actually just finished listening to you and and Leslie G, DJ talk about it like twenty minutes ago. I finished listening to you. She made um, me feel a little better, but a not little great. better, but not great. And mm-hmm. I, I feel the worst has. I feel Miranda has been done the most dirty Me and she's too. been done dirty hard because she used to be such a cool, interesting character who you knew yeah. there was all this complexity underneath the surface, but she was very like, for the most part, very measured in what she put out in the world and thoughtful. And this woman looks like she's, you know, having a a fit of some sort at any given moment that is so not who she is.
0: And everybody's like, oh, well, she's so, you know, she's so type A that she deserves a break. And this is just her being off track. No, no, no. We had that no. storyline already.
1: That yeah. Was
0: when she met Steve. Yeah. That was the unusual thing that she did.
1: Steve was her departure. Yes.
0: Not this. No.
1: No. In her world, she should not have married a barely making it bar owner. Right. But she did. And right. she loved she him. Did. And they were yes. great yeah Um, poor steve he's been done dirty man he's been done dirty big time except i'm kind of i'm kind of hoping we don't see him this season because in the first season they made him be the dumbest bumbling old person i know who's my age (laughs) i know like
0: are we all getting hip replacements once we hit 50 what's happening i don't know
1: they also made harry really dumb and bumbling too and i'm like that's not harry you
0: heard my theory about the problem with it is it's Encino man for me. Yes.
1: That and is th- when you said that, I was like, that's them. exactly what it is. It's like, they put these women to sleep for 30 years, woke them up, not even 30, yeah. 15 years, yeah. woke them up and were like, now go exist in this world. And I totally agreed what you said with Charlotte, not knowing how to deal with rocks coming y- out. I yes, feel like that's a that, very legit, yes, that's legit parenting story. And you could see. They wrote it really well. Charlotte wants to do the right thing; she just doesn't know what it is. She's trying, yes. and she seems yes. to have gotten there, which is great. Yes. Um, yes. So I can completely appreciate that. I'm really curious what they're going to do with Lily because I think you know this will be interesting because Lily's clearly like, yeah, this world we live in is bullshit. Um, <laughs> yep, <And laughs> which feels very, like the most like teenagery, angsty thing to happen anyway. Like I like the- that felt real too.
0: Yes, I agree with you. And also, the money is a problem for me. Like these people yeah. are so out of touch. Yeah, I don't understand what's happening. Like it used to be that Charlotte's
1: world was kind of out of touch, right? But, but now Carrie everybody lives. Yeah, Carrie lived in a real world, even though she was. But she, and she she lived so much in a real world that she was broke as hell and still buying four hundred dollars shoes, because yes. that's what twenty year olds do. Yes, yes, and even early thirty year olds. But Not now she's thirty year
0: old. I was buying, you know.
1: Easy Spirits yeah. at CJ yes. Max. I was buying stuff at um oh god, what was that shoe store that was super cheap? Fabulous footwear? No. Um Pickway. No.
0: Not payless. Payless, was- payless. payless Be- Pickway became payless. Oh, did
1: it? Okay. Yes. Payless. Yeah. Okay. I was buying a lot All of right. payless because I have big feet too. So Okay.
0: All right. Um, so anyway. a a stinker of a season so far let's hope it gets better Uh, i'm still gonna watch it
1: with leslie dj yeah 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 Yeah. i'm still gonna watch it great conversation Mm -hmm. i like i i agree with many of your most of your takes on the whole thing um but yes i will hate watch it because i have to
0: i will too because i have to and we appreciate your service (laughs) Yeah,
1: thank you i'm here to to do my service and i like you and like everybody on the planet thinks we should just forget the second movie ever happened
0: yeah, I don't even that was remember, one of the most and I will not things. allow
1: myself to remember anything. Don't it. remember. Anything I remember is not good. Don't remember anything.
0: From what Leslie intimated, I guess Aiden was in it? I didn't even know that.
1: I yeah, about he, it. he showed mm. up in it. They ran into each other in like a market of some sort. I think in they were Mumbai? in Mumbai. Abu... In Mumbai? No, they were in Abu Dhabi. Oh. They were somewhere in the Middle East. Like Abu Dhabi, oh, okay. Doha, one of They those. ran into Aiden there? Yes.
0: Oh, that's plausible. Of course. Okay. Of course yeah. they did okay all right so So let's let's talk about what we're here to talk about today i'm so glad that you loved this i thought it was the style
1: was amazing
0: yeah and i the recreations i didn't
1: hate i didn't hate either um they were a little cheesy but they were not so bad and and i also could really see it because she was 15 in 1987 i was 13 in 1987 so mm-hmm. we were not dissimilar in age. I was My ten. room did not look dissimilar from hers. Like I could really see myself in that place. So when they did the reenactments I was like that's that's what we looked like. That's how we dressed. That's There was a lot of Gen X
0: stuff in yes. this which we'll get to. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. I- All right. I- so here's what I have. So we're talking about Burden of Proof. It's on Mac streaming 2023 it came out. I I'm I took, you know, a bunch of notes here. I tried to build cases, but here's what I'm thinking we need to answer. Okay. No matter what, and and I asked you to come up with what your theory was. Mm -hmm. And I came up with what my theory was. No, I I think there's three or four plausible scenarios, but each time I present them, the note hangs me up. Yeah. The note the note is the thing that we need to figure out. We need to solve this case.
1: Yeah, and I
0: don't know if we can like bite your tongue. We're gonna solve this.
1: Okay, okay. I'm I am willing to go on this journey with you. Uh, yeah, it's the note that it's the note and the mother that trip me up. <sighs> okay, every time. I I agree. I agree. It's Margie. She trips me up. Her her reaction to all of this feels so not normal.
0: My mother and I got into a fight about the mother. Yeah. So tell me about this very fight. meta, very meta. Yes. <laughs> I've I've had an evolution on okay. Margie. Okay. And my mother hates her. Okay. 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 I don't and know if I hate saying, her, but there's something going on here. And I'm trying to explain to my mother, like I feel to understand Margie, you have to come at her through the
1: lens of a battered woman. Agreed. And otherwise nothing makes sense.
0: And you know, Luckily, my mother has trouble with that perspective. She's never been in that place. Yes, thank God. But I think that you have to, you have to, you can't rule that out. No. And no. you have to think that if the parents are, are to blame, that Ron was the the looming force over everything. Yeah, Ron. And if he was saying to her, if he was saying to her,
1: do not call the cops, do not do this, do not do that. She was listening. She was She was. And it's easy for us to sit here 33 years later, 34 years later, and go, oh, well, we would do it differently. Right. But we weren't living in her world.
0: We weren't living in her world. It seemed like she didn't have a ton of support. It seemed like, because she does have a family, but it seems like they don't live locally. Like, they're not around. And, And the thing about the mother, the one redeeming thing about her in my eyes... Was that she literally jumped through every hoop that Stephen put in front of her?
1: She did. She did being hypnotized. Everything. Yes, she did everything that was asked of her. Though I was without waiting without hesitation. The, without hesitation, though, the hit, the hypnotizing thing was also making me think of Love and Death and Candy's <laughs> hypnotism. But,
0: yes, yes, yes. Do you want like me hypnotized. to go into my voices? Are we going to start doing that? <laughs>
1: All right, so let's only if we could talk about what sex crimes, crime, sex, sex crimes, crime, sex, (laughs) sex crimes, crime, sex.
0: (laughs) If you're you're not listening to Love and Death, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, (laughs) and I went to dinner last night. We were talking about we need our next show, yes, and we're like, it needs to be something we can make fun of, and I'm like, but on the surface. Love and Death shouldn't be something we're making fun of. Oh, no, it's a it's a, mystery. it's a sad story and it's
1: really well yes. done, but you guys yeah. nailed the making fun of. Oh, I kept every time.
0: All right, so here's a list of the main players. We have Stephen Pandos. He is the main character. He is the one who has hired This film crew, well, he reached out to this film crew. He's, you know, asking them to make this documentary, telling his story. He's been on a quest for 10 years at this point to figure out what has happened to his family.
1: How do you feel about
0: Steven? Um, I don't know. I, I like him. I feel sorry for him. I think he's doing the right thing. And I think he's very open, you mm-hmm. know, when he's talking at the end about like this could be the worst thing I've ever done, and I just made a terrible situation worse. Yeah, like that was really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But there is a rumor going around on Reddit, which I went down the reb- Reddit. Oh boy. Okay. That you know he was not a nice guy and he was like abusive as well. Now Stephen is not implicated in this in any way. He was away nope. at school. That is. 100%
1: true. He was not yep. in the house, not in nope. town. He was nope. away. Yeah, I think he was at UNC. Um, I think he went to UNC, I think. But yeah, so he was nowhere to be found. Right,
0: but if like a young man in the 80s who grew up with an abusive father was a, was abusive or angry, I get that. That makes get sense that to me. I get that too. Yeah. I don't think he's that
1: person now. I don't think so either. I just felt so sad for him. Yeah. There's just yeah. this like sadness and just pit of pain in him yes. not knowing what happened to his sister and i think i think there's a lot of guilt yeah too because i think he's like if i hadn't gone to college you know mm-hmm. if i hadn't mm-hmm. left they were never close growing up so it's interesting that he is so dedicated to figuring out who she is or what happened to her not who she is what happened to her um I think and i think on some level who she is also
0: yeah also wants to find out who he is who she yeah. was yes. yeah yeah because they mm-hmm. weren't
1: close and I don't know it's I just he just made me sad his house yeah. was beautiful his daughters were gorgeous his new wife seems lovely and she's got the patience of Job
0: who did his new wife remind you of
1: she reminded me of somebody
0: Do you watch in Succession? The 90- no oh okay she reminded me of Connor Roy's wife okay <laughs> got it it. got it all right so we have jennifer pandos who's 15 we have margie and ron pandos who are her parents Mm -hmm. divorced now but married then we have wendy reed a cold case investigator who worked the case when they reopened it in 2006 we have Corey and tony tobler friend and ex-boyfriend
1: yeah yeah we'll talk a lot about them
0: we have Carrie Hendricks, an older man they used to babysit for, that Jennifer used to babysit for. Um, and then we have Karen Stevens, soon-to-be wife. And then later, I'll get into it, a couple more people pop up. Okay. okay. I loved the opening. So here's what they did with the opening, if you haven't watched it, guys, which I- I, I highly I'm recommend I'm imploring it. you to watch. They have her riding- they have an actress reenacting her, riding her scooter through the development where they live. Mm-hmm. And as these different voices come in and they're misremembering her and con- like contrasting what they're yeah. saying, contradicting what each other's saying, the image of her changes. Mm-hmm. So she's like riding a scooter and somebody's like, oh, she rode the scooter. And then somebody's like, I don't remember her having a scooter. I think she walked everywhere. And then they show her walking. Walk- like, yeah, it was I great. thought it was really it was cool. really good. And it kind of speaks to like, I love things like that because it kind of speaks to like the fragility of memory.
1: Right, exactly. Like this is 34 years people. ago. I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could, I could go through who my best friend was in 1987 and the things I remember about him probably weren't, aren't entirely accurate. No, I agree. So
0: we're introduced to Stephen. He's mega rich, like we said. And he says in 2014, he tried to sue his parents for the death of his sister, not for money, but for a judge to just say, yes, they did it. Mm-hmm. And the documentary picks up in 2016.
1: It was filmed over eight years. I love the relationship that um, Cynthia Hill, who's the documentarian, mm-hmm. and Stephen seem to have. Yes. she She's just as dedicated to this story as he is.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: she does a nice job of clearly having a lot of compassion for him and not involving herself in the story. Because after eight I years, agree. it'd be really easy to start getting yourself in the story, whether you mean to or not.
0: Yes, I agree. So here's the facts of the case, okay? Jennifer was reported missing in February of 1987 while Stephen was at college. Jennifer was 15 years old. Now, Margie, the Margie, the mother, Mm says. On February 9th, 1987, she went into Jen's room, asked her to call her grandmother and pick up her room. Jennifer said okay. The next morning, Margie woke up and didn't hear Jennifer in the shower like she usually did, so she thought she overslept. Mm -hmm. Her bedroom door was locked. She calls Ron, the dad. Now, they did Ron dirty in this. Okay. Like Ron is <laughs> Ron has he's a problematic person. Okay. Yes, but we'll talk sure. about him. But the actor was almost like a Nick Tortelli looking guy, current references only. Yes. And yes. He was super pissed off and he comes down in the reenactment and his hair's all messy and he's like, What the fuck? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, like a, an, so, an angry bumbling hilarious.
1: idiot. It was yes, bad. It was yeah. hilarious.
0: So they break, they break into her room essentially, and she's not there. And there's this
1: note at the foot Mm -hmm. of her bed and
0: everything revolves around the note.
1: The note. So Margie. Whoever wrote the note tells you this, tells you what happened.
0: Yeah. Margie tells us that this is where her world ended right there. Mm -hmm. They live in a gated community and people have to call the residents to come in and out. Okay. Um, But they say she could have walked.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: Margie says, Ron filed a missing report, missing persons report a few days later. It was a big, yeah. big thing. She says um, she and Ron, she said the police seemed not to care. And that she and Ron would sit at night on the stairs and just watch the parking lot or sit by the phone and wait.
1: Yeah. I don't believe that. I don't either.
0: Mm-mm. I don't believe later, a lot of
1: their recounting of what happened in those days she says
0: later that Ron used to go on his nightly excursions, whatever the Mm -hmm. hell that means. So Margie says Stephen has made it his mission to convict his father, and that's fine if Ron did it, but I don't know that. And then she said she has never, she has met her grandchildren, but they've been out of her life for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And um, Stephen has also cut her out of his life. And I, I I made a note here that Margie has a very
1: soothing voice. She does. She's a very soothing way about her. I agree. Yeah. So here's what Stephen
0: believes happened when we meet him. He believes that on that night, February 9th, Ron came home, had an argument with Jennifer over her being on the phone. He hit her or pushed her. She fell back, hit her head, and died. He then involved Margie in it, who helped him get the body out of the house, wrote the runaway note, and that was it. Now, there's a whole host
1: of evidence as to why he believes this. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm going to lay out now. Yeah, and going through it, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he sold it really well.
0: And this is why I told everybody, I know it's slow, but hang in because it takes a turn. It does. It takes a turn. And you start to quite like, we still don't know. Mm -mm. Anyway. So, Sharon, the friend Jennifer was on the phone with that night, okay, she says what she heard between Ron and Jennifer was particularly nasty. Yeah. Jennifer was like, okay, Ronald, I'm getting off the phone, which, Right. From a
1: parent of a teenager, I I hear, I feel it, I hear it, okay? I went through a period where I kept trying to call my mother by her first name, and she was like, uh, no, 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 Mm -hmm. only one person on the planet gets to call me mom. And that's you. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to continue doing that. I was like, fine. When I first <laughs> met
0: Timmy, he was trying to call his mother Carol. And oh, I gosh. said to him, I literally will not date you if I hear you call your mother that again. Wow. No way. Wow. I'm not into it. Not into okay. it. So we learned that Ron was a combat vet from Vietnam. And he has severe and untreated PTSD that yeah. he never addressed. And he's abusive. And, you know, like, Stephen's leaving, like, left her vulnerable to him. So, according mm-hmm. to Stephen, Ron abused them
1: regularly.
0: Yep. yep. Which and I buy. I completely buy. I buy that, too. I mean, we grew up, I'm, you know, I'm sure I could speak for you as well. We grew up in a time
1: mm-hmm.
0: where Vietnam vets were very present in our lives. Yep. And, yep. I mean, ugh, this, I could go down the Vietnam rabbit hole real easy because I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with it, but... It yeah. was a gruesome war that just it destroyed everybody who went there. And it destroyed and a whole generation he, of men. Yes, it did. There. And the fact that he has PTSD breaks my heart for him because mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what this man has been through. And it's his one kind of redeeming quality throughout this whole thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I like his behavior is some, abysmal, but yeah, give him
1: empathy because of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Me too. Steven says something interesting here. He says the mother he says my mother never protected us mm. and she was a victim also yeah it so it's mom, so interesting
1: when there's an abusive person in the house how everyone else moves around that person and how oh, everyone yeah. else deals with it oh and yeah and you really and learn a code of behavior to and it's work a code of secrecy person. oh yeah it's a time. code of
0: secrecy it's yep. a code of behavior 100% and it's so funny because you know, I'm I'm familiar with this. I have quite a few friends who grew up in this similar circumstances. And it's like you're trying to control the uncontrollable.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're hanging
0: on so tight to try mm-hmm. to control what's
1: happening in the house, but it's not able to be controlled. No. So it's, it, it's just yeah. brutal. And not at this level because there wasn't any physical abuse, but my mother's sister lived with us for years and she has passed since. So I don't feel like she's going to be offended by this because she's been dead for 15 years. But she was she horribly abusive to me. She may haunt me. It's true. Mm-hmm. She was abusive to me. And watching some of this, I, I was reminded of just how households operate around mm-hmm. that. And my experience of her is very different than my mother's. Though once I went off to college, my aunt started picking on my mother because oh, I wasn't there okay. anymore. Like it's a big, I, a lot of that I really identified with. Of, yes. Oh yeah, this is how these things change in a, in a family as people go yes. in and out. Yes, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So
0: Stephen says that, you know, mom waited a few days to call him after Jennifer's disappearance. And she was super calm. Yeah. He says they waited to call the police and that was super weird. And, you know, we do hear like Margie's reasoning for that is that they were paying attention to what was in the note. And I will read the note in a few minutes. Yeah. So it had very specific instructions. It did. Uh, the police believe that Margie and Ron did this and no mm-hmm. more than. So if you're Steven and the police are telling you, we believe this, we're going to believe it. Absolutely. Margie seems to be withholding evidence. She produces the letter and some dental records, all of which the police believe were in the original case file, which went missing. This right. This is a now, whole thing.
1: Yeah. So, that's another th- weird thing about this.
0: Mm hmm. So in 2006, when this case is reopened, Wendy Reed is the investigator. She reopens it. She goes to get the original case file, which would have had all the interviews, every mm-hmm. all the evidence they had at that point.
1: It's gone. Missing. It's gone. hmm And so, they, searched the, they made a point to say they searched the evidence room three times for it. Yep. Yep.
0: Three times. hmm Put that in your back pocket. So they're like, well, clearly Margie has access to it because she's giving us evidence that should have been in the original case file. Right. So now we see there's this conspiracy that Ron has it. Ron has the original case file. That's what Mm -hmm. we hear. Okay. Ron told Wendy Reed that he went to school in the aftermath. He went to jail for school in the aftermath of her disappearance and hung up flyers and talked to her friends. But Wendy could not find anyone to corroborate this. Still can't. I, and I, I believe, believe that. that. <clears throat> I believe that as well. Ron says he got in his car and went up to PA. Shout out to Pennsylvania. I know. I was like, where are you going mm-hmm. in PA, Mr. Pandos? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: In my to brain, he's going one. to where you live. I don't know why, but in my brain, he's no, going to. No, in North my East brain, he was
0: going to Pittsburgh. Ah, okay. I yeah. don't know why. I don't okay. know why. I don't know why either, but. Which wouldn't make sense. If he's coming from Virginia and it's only a couple hour drive, it would probably be where I live. Yeah. 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 So, Ron says he went up to PA to tell his mother Jennifer had run away. We later learned his family did not know for years.
1: Years. Including grandma. How do you hide that for years? Well, here's the thing
0: that that stuck me. If my kids were missing and I didn't tell my mother, she would find out because she has her own relationship with them. Right. And would have at
1: some point tried to reach them. Right. Or come down here to see them. And wouldn't the first person, one of the first people you call be like, jenny because if the girls are pissed then they want to get out they might very well go to their aunt's house like they're not going to jenny's house but you know what i'm saying like <laughs> that, yes that would be the first thing i do I understand like, what you're saying yeah if my kid got pissed at me the first one of the first people i'd call would be like my best friend like you might call steph and be like the girls yes. might be showing yes. up on your porch because they're pissed yes yes agreed a hundred percent but to not tell nope. anybody nope and I think it says a lot about
0: that family's relationship with Jennifer and Stephen. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I didn't have one. And later when Stephen sees them, it is kind of like he's seeing them for the first
1: time in two decades. Yeah. This does not feel like close family.
0: mm Nope. So then they say that um, the parents went right to work because they followed what the note said. But the note also said to put money in Jennifer's account, and they didn't do that. So they did some things the note said and some things the note didn't But not other things.
1: Like Mm -hmm. if their story is going to be they just followed the note to a T because they were afraid of what might happen if they didn't why don't you do the big one which is put some money in her account.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ron and Margie both failed polygraphs. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And (laughs) I don't know why I have this written down as a point of evidence but Ron is an accountant, and it was February, so he was busy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, don't
1: piss off. an Pro tip, don't piss off an accountant in, like, March. In Q1. <laughs> Q1 of the year. You be nice to accountants, because it's not fun for them.
0: Almost everyone thinks Margie and Ron know more than they're saying. There's times where Margie has
1: never called the investigators back. Um, she called him seven times, and instead of answering the phone... She emailed Ron. Yes. Yep. Ugh. Uh Ron, on the other hand, called them
0: often. Wendy said almost to as almost as if he was inserting himself in the case, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we know that's a common thing. They also say weirdly specific hypothetical things like Jennifer, Margie said Jennifer could be in the woods or the river or the railroad tracks. Right. And Ron says hypothetically, what if I hit her and she hit her head and I accidentally killed her? There were cadaver dogs that don't get me started on cadaver dogs. I feel like they're so useless. We never see them hit anything. (laughs) They uh, supposedly picked up a scent in the crawl space under the house but found nothing. Um, And then Ron and Margie moved and never called the police and updated their address. And then in 2009 they offer Margie immunity this is important on everything mm-hmm. except homicide and yep. she still will tell them nothing. So that, this is what we come into this with. This is what Steven is looking at. And you right. can see from his point of view, you're
1: like, these people are fucking guilty. Oh, I was hook, line and sinker sold that they did this. Mm-hmm. If the mm-hmm. theory, if the theory holds true that Ron hit her or pushed her or something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she fell and hit her head. Why mm-hmm. is there no blood? Right. Right. Why is there no blood? Why
0: is there? I still. I'll get to my. I'll reveal my theory at the end, and then you can shoot it down using the letter, and I'll change my theory, and then you can shoot down again. (laughs) This is this is what my week has been on the phone with my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I love it. Now Wendy Reed comes into it, and again, like I said, she picked up the case in 2006, where the original case uh, file was missing. So they had no idea. They had to start over on this case. So she interviews a bunch of people, including Jennifer's friend, including the Toblers. Yes. Tony
1: and Corey. Let's talk about the Toblers.
0: So Tony says that Jennifer went missing in February 1987 and they had stopped dating the summer prior. Mm -hmm. So 1986. Corey says... Jennifer had no fear and I just assumed she had left with someone and Tony's like, oh yeah, it's just like her to run off and think I could do that. And she did. Okay. I
1: I don't believe she ran off. I don't either. She would have popped up by now.
0: I agree. Corey also pointed Wendy Reed in the direction of Carrie Hendricks. She was like, mm-hmm. there was this dude we used to babysit for. He bought us alcohol, which was totally a Gen X thing.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I loved um, how she's like, at the time, I thought it was awesome. But now looking back on it, I'm like, <laughs> what the hell were they doing? <laughs> yes. Yes. That is and, exactly how you would feel about it.
0: And this dude has a record. And Wendy's like, well, we weren't able to locate him. So, oh, well. Yeah. What know, whatever. So. Now, we will come back to the Tobler's. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot to say about them. Agreed. But right now I want to I read you the letter. Okay. okay? So I'm ready. Let's, let's break this down. Here's the letter that was found at the end of Jennifer's bed. Supposedly. Yes. Okay. Mr. and Mrs. Pandos. Already weird, right? Mr. and Mrs. Right. Pandos. Okay. Right. Mr. and Mrs. Pandos. Your daughter is with me. She is fine. She's having some problems, though. She needs some time away from this place. Three to five days max. She is like a daughter to me, and I'm like a dad to her. Here are some of Jennifer's quotes. I'm fine, I just need time to think. Both of you please go to work tomorrow because I will try to call you. I won't call at home, only at one of y'all's work. Cancel my doctor's appointment on Friday. Please put money into my bank account. Do not call the police. I can easily find out if you do, and if you do, I may never come back home. Don't tell my, and something is scratched out, friends about this. Just tell them I'm sick. Please do what I've asked. That's it. That's the note. Mm-hmm. Now, I've inspected this note. Talk to me, Goose. And the word that is scratched out after don't tell, it says don't tell, and then the word A-R-E-R is scratched out mm-hmm. and then says my friends about this. Could this be somebody her age misspelling O U R? Don't tell well our be. friends about this. Don't tell our friends about this.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it could very well be. Mm-hmm. And the person mm-hmm. who could have said that doesn't strike me as the brightest bulb on the tree who could very Correct. easily have no, not known the difference between R and R.
0: Correct. Again, grammar could solve this case. Grammar.
1: Okay. <laughs> I knew all those years of diagramming <laughs> sentences would come in handy one day. <laughs>
0: So now we meet Donnie Norell and Bruce White. Donnie is a private investigator who worked homicide for Norfolk, the mean streets of Norfolk. Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun. And the people, <laughs> they believe the parents are very strong suspects. Again, because they're getting the
1: evidence we're getting. Right. And it and they're all like, hmm. How strangely they behaved after all of this. I... I yeah, it seems so obvious that her father did this and her mother knows so what happened. Obvious. So obvious.
0: Yeah. So now we meet Kenneth Morris. He's a profiler, a criminal profiler, who was called in when they reopened the case in 2006. He is not a handwriting expert. I just want to say that again. Not a handwriting yeah. expert. He read the note and he concluded that the note was written by someone who knows her very well. And he kind of laughs at it and is like, this is like a Nancy Drew level crime. Like this Mm -hmm. is real, real bad. Yeah. And he says, this note was written to delay the crime scene and it's consistent with staging. There was no ransom, which was weird. And he concludes that Jennifer had nothing to do with the letter because of the awkward wording and quotes. I don't agree with that, but we'll get to it. Yeah. You take one look at that note and you're like, oh, someone just wrote it with their non-dominant hand.
1: Yeah, that's what my handwriting looks like yeah. should I try to write yeah. with my left hand. Yes. Do, real, one thing as we go through all of these experts mm-hmm. and all these people go that Stephen brought in, I want to know how much money he has spent on this. Oh, I can't even imagine. I And that just breaks my heart, too. Even yeah. though he clearly has it to spend. Like, that's heartbreaking, yeah. too. Yeah. Spend all of this energy and money and, ugh.
0: I mean he could have went he could have downgraded those countertops in his house and paid for this entire thing.
1: That's true. That's yeah. true. But he had uh, to have the Carrera marble.
0: Right. He could have went to Home Depot and got those prefab <laughs> countertops <laughs> like <laughs> the rest of us do. <laughs> so um <clears throat> he also says since the friends knew of did not know of this father figure that's mentioned, it had to have been a stage scene, which leaves the parents. And then they send the note for analysis. And Jennifer and Ron were ruled out, and Margie was not
1: eliminated. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to go to a handwriting analysis person. <laughs> I want to know what my handwriting means. I want to see <laughs> if I could, like, fuck with one. Like, yeah. Try
0: to write, you know. Donnie, the private investigator, believes that this note is the key to solving the case, and I believe it. You find who wrote that note, like you said, you find the killer.
1: Yep. Or the murder per- You find whoever <clears throat> was yes. responsible for this.
0: He says it's so weird that the original note was in Margie's possession that it should have been in the case file.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, the original investigator said the original note was in the missing case file and he never gave it back. That's what the original investigator says. But yet Margie produced it. Margie has it. Mm -hmm. Jeff Valenis is the other cold case investigator who worked with Wendy when they reopened the case in 2006. Donnie goes to see him. They have a normal exchange, but then they get outside and they're on a hot mic. Mm -hmm. And this dude tells Donnie that Margie is lying her ass off. Ron did this. And he says there's a connection that Ron had through the police department who may have gotten him the file. And he said Margie had dental records even that the dental office swears they turned over to the police. Right. Okay. So, so that's
1: episode one. So the, the case file went missing. Mm-hmm. Margie thought that Ron had it. Why would he have it? And then it magically shows up again.
0: Yes. And keep in mind, a lot of people are going to say, like, Margie's not confronting Ron. Margie's, Mm-mm. you know, she we see her emailing him later, and it's very polite. It's very, mm-hmm. again, if this man beat her, which we don't know, but there's a strong indication mm-hmm. that would explain her very detached behavior from him.
1: Mm-hmm. She's scared For of sure. him. She's scared she of knows him. So what she's going to do-, do anything she can to not poke the bear.
0: Yeah. She knows what he's capable of. And that's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay. So episode two starts with Margie sitting down with the police and Stephen is begging her to tell the truth. This is when she has the immunity. Yeah.
1: That and was so ins- sad.
0: It was so sad. And she insists she doesn't know anything. And she's like, I understand that I did all the wrong things. But I didn't have my wits about me 22 years ago. That's what she says. Right. Then and- she says, I didn't write the note. I didn't leave it in her room. And I didn't help Ron move the body.
1: That, when she said that, I was like, "The just the way she said that, I didn't help him move the body. Right. Yep, it, it, something about that made me go. The fact that you are referring to your daughter as the body, as the body. I know. I said the same thing to my mother. I said yeah. she has
0: such a detachment from her daughter. It's, uh-huh. it's troubling. It is. So, Margie, uh, Wendy's like, oh, so he moved the body, and then the most damning thing here, and we we reference this, is that Wendy Reed at one point calls Margie sev- Margie seven times. And she doesn't answer. She doesn't answer. And instead of calling her back, she emails Ron. Now, M- Wendy brings up a good point in this interrogation room. She's like, I could have been calling you to tell you we found your daughter. Yep. But instead, I... she emails Ron and says, I need to talk to you before I call them back. Right. Because he's running
1: this whole show.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, ugh. Steven gets frustrated and they leave. <clears throat> um now the filmmakers interview margie and we see her getting a package from the national center for missing and exploited children whatever i don't know the phone rings she jumps and she says she always answers she's always waiting for her daughter to call yet she didn't answer seven times yeah we see or she says Stephen. now we get steven's backstory a little bit Stephen was born in 1968 in august And Ron got called up to Vietnam in October, and he was a door gunner on a helicopter, and he never talked about it. None of them did. None of them did. And he came home with a bronze star and got his degree in accounting, and then Jennifer was born. And she says that Ron had a distanced relationship from Stephen because when he came back, Stephen was a toddler. Now, I had babies and I had toddlers. And... The way she talked about it, I guess I expected that Ron missed five years of his life, but he only missed like 18. a year and a half. Yeah.
1: yeah. And when you're and, a baby
0: and a toddler, that
1: doesn't. No. And happens. okay. Maybe the first day he showed up back in the house, he didn't immediately bond with Steven and Steven wasn't like daddy. Cause he didn't know that. Sure. sure. He was too little when he left to be able to put that together. But after a couple days, you're back. Toddlers warm up real quick. I mean, yeah, you know, and particularly if if you're a father who's super psyched to see your baby, that baby's going to feel that energy and go straight into it.
0: Yeah. She says Ron was always on Stephen's back about something and he had a short fuse and she goes, you just knew when to and then she pauses and she goes, you just knew when to stop. Mm -hmm. and then she says if you woke him up you did it from a distance because you didn't know if he was going to come up swinging i mean this is ptsd
1: this is classic ptsd yes everything everything of this makes total sense to me of how she behaved with him in the house
0: i agree so donnie is now walking through some scenarios and he says okay so here's here's donnie's take on this he says if someone were to come through the gate they would have had to call the house and mm-hmm. the phone didn't ring. However, could Jennifer have been on the phone and it was a call waiting situation? Call waiting.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, God, then I, he's I
1: like... about call waiting. <laughs> I know.
0: Then he's like, well, you know, the pan... Because the pan, someone's like, oh, could he have parked on the street and came in? Oh, the Pandos residence is a mile from the road. Nobody's going to do that in,
1: in uh, 27 degree weather. Have you met teenagers? Yeah, they'll do crazy stuff all the time. Or if someone wants to do something nefarious... They're going to do it. We
0: would think nothing of Mm-mm. standing out in the woods for three hours around a keg when it was 27 degrees. That's that's a great night because the beer stays cold. Yes. Forget it. <laughs> Walking to our girlfriend or boyfriend's house, you think a mile's going to deter us? Right. No. No. Mm-mm. So Donnie's a little out of touch with Jen's teenagers, in my opinion. Then, you know, he, he says he can't get past the note, keeps tripping everyone up. And the details indicate it was either someone who knows Jen or Jen herself. Like, and then he brings up a really good point. Now, you're 15-year-old
1: Amanda, okay? Yes. You're going to run away. Yes. Do you think about canceling a doctor's appointment? The doctor's appointment tripped me up as well. And the fact that Mm -hmm. she took nothing with her. Just her birth.
0: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You guys know I'm a huge fan of therapy, but what you may not know is you don't need to be in crisis to get help. See, we all carry around stressors, big and small, whether it's stuff at work, stuff with our kids, caring for our parents, even navigating friendships. Therapy is a safe place to work through those challenges. Therapy has also been a lifeline as I parent my teenage daughters. Working through some of my own stuff has made me a better mom. If you're thinking of starting, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to fit your schedule. BetterHelp matches you with a licensed therapist who fits your needs. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LittleMissRecap today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot LittleMissRecap that's it that's it not her contacts nothing
1: nothing if she's there if really she's like I need to go away for three to five days don't you at least have a backpack with a sweatshirt in it I mean something
0: but again we don't know that she didn't take something with her we're going on Margie and Ron's work right right I mean there could be a whole suitcase of clothes missing from that house and we wouldn't know it
1: no I'm not sure Margie's the one either. who said
0: she took nothing with her.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, I just wrote too. like a parent would understand. I'm going to get charged if she misses this doctor's appointment.
1: A mm. kid is not
0: going to give shit about that.
1: No. Okay. No. At that so, age, I would
0: have had no clue. No. Sharon, in the meantime, called the parents. Sharon was the
1: girl she was on the phone yep. with. The parents say she's sick first time say covering. she's sick and then the second time say she's she says she's out with her dad
0: now wouldn't Sharon ask as, the
1: friends right wouldn't you know if sharon's her best friend wouldn't your first call be to mother sharon and be like have you seen my kid
0: 110 percent. yes mm-hmm. and so now we meet ron's second wife ruth ann and she she has no patience for ron she hates him yeah. Yeah. She there. claims the note was different and that he 100% wrote it. Now, I don't know what she meant by this.
1: Yeah. I don't know what different meant. I mean, she clearly, clearly had some strong feelings about Ron. Not yeah. a fan, but she had a, she had a protection from abuse order for him. Yeah. And she,
0: I admire her, her energy. Cause she shows up for this interview with a box of evidence.
1: Oh yeah. She's like, She's
0: like this is my box of evidence I've collected.
1: Right. This is my proof that this man sucks.
0: This woman's a bunkie. I mean, she's mm-hmm. there. this woman she's is like, a bunkie. I got, I got this. these receipts. I got all the receipts. Yep. Here we go. So
1: she claims the note was
0: different. She says he 100% wrote it. Um, while they're together, he gets arrested for fraud. So don't forget that he's an accountant and he does some shady shit with some football players or something. Yep. She turns him in while he's on probation for having a firearm. He gets thrown in jail. She gets a PFA. Then he stalks her. So, mm-hmm. th- so now we meet Ron. Okay. Now, Ron looked really different look than like what I Victor Telly in the uh
1: reenactment. Yeah. He did not look at all what I thought he would look like.
0: No. He believes, Ron believes, that Tony Tobler did this. Because mm-hmm. he was dating Jennifer at the time. And, you know, yeah. you always do look at the boyfriend. That's Absolutely. the thing. Absolutely. So the film crew's interviewing Ron. And before they interview, he's like, I just want you to know before we set up. Crime, sex, sex, crime. Um, <laughs> he's like, I tell it straight. I tell it straight. If you, I tell it how I have it. If you don't yeah. like it, okay, dude. Normally, he's when someone's down. that intent that they're telling you the truth, they're, they're, they're lying. lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they ask him what happened that night, and he's like, I don't know. We just went to bed. You know, we went to bed and we woke up, and she was gone. Like he doesn't even talk about the fight.
1: No, nothing. And she just gone. lies.
0: Because we have a corroborator to the fight. Mm -hmm. What would Sharon, why would she be lying about that? Right. You know what I mean? She was on the phone. She heard it. So he says he went right out to the gate and asked if a car came and they said no. He says he passed out flyers and went looking for Tony Tobler. And then he says, Stephen came to see him in prison in 2010. And the filmmaker, Cynthia, is like, do you want to talk about that visit? And he said, not particularly.
1: Yeah, so I wonder what happened in that. I'm guessing Stephen just lit into him.
0: Well, that's the visit Stephen references it later. Here, I have it. Stephen says during that visit, his father said, okay, hypothetically, if I hit her and she fell and hit her head and died, you know, would you want me to take the fall for your mother? Then I'll do it. Yeah. so weird. At one point when he fails his polygraph, Ron does, he tells him he admits it to investigators that he killed her, and yeah. he says, "Get a plane, and I'll show you where the body is." And then he retracts
1: all of that. Like who says that about their I child? I mean, I, I could know. sit here and go. I, I mean, I can tell you who's the who's the guy, Jimmy. I could tell you where Jimmy Hoffa's body is. Come with me. <laughs> like I can yes. tell you that
0: and laugh yes. about it. It's not because my child. Were, like about your stepson?
1: No God.
0: No. Oh my no. God. No i'd be so the filmmakers arrange a call between steven ron and his new piece of shit wife who i have no use for thank you oh
1: this woman sucked i hate her she sucks
0: and she's like she says she has the balls to say why did steven have her declared dead he must know something Mm -hmm. like in other
1: words steven killed her okay right sit down yeah sit down and shut up and the fact that she kept being like well no that's not what happened that's not what happened your dad told me that's not what happened like bitch yeah. you don't know you weren't there yeah no nope. stop go away
0: <clears throat> agreed so now we have jake rice and this is how season this is how episode two ends jake rice is the new investigator has who has mm-hmm. now picked up this case he calls Stephen, and guess what we found the original case file At BT BT Dubs, there were new leads in it.
1: Right. Oh,
0: by the way, we never had the original letter in evidence. So Margie (laughs) never stole anything. And this file, this mysterious file, was at the bottom of the records room, which had been searched three times. Times, right. And the case file says your parents were totally active and involved in this. Uh, Stephen doesn't remember getting a call from his parents through all this. And uh, we learned that he went to school with Jennifer. He's of this friend group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So is so- he friends
0: with Tony Tobler? So that's how episode two ends. And you're like, what the fuck the hell? <laughs> <laughs> he went to school with Tony Tobler. He went. Yeah. 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 All right. So in episode three, we meet Butch Barr, Steven's lawyer, who loves is, him. He's like a nice version of Mr. Burns is what mm-hmm. I have here. Yes. Yes. And he just wants Stephen to reconcile with his mother and get his life together.
1: Okay, it has to be so sad to just watch Stephen just battle these windmills over and over and over and be like, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's it's heartbreaking. Stephen is in so much pain. It is heartbreaking. Mm hmm. So I'm going to go through
0: this quick because I realize okay. I'm almost on an hour and we need to we need to solve it. So. Okay. Right. So, basically, now we get into the relationship between Tony Tobler and Jennifer. And if you recall, Tony Tobler is saying they casually dated. Right. Not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Her friends are saying she was obsessed with him. They were in love with each other. They were Mm -hmm. obsessed with each other. The Toblers, because Tony is not allowed to be interviewed alone, Corey is sitting right there looking at him. Oh, Corey
1: is... Corey Mm -hmm. is, is... Corey rules that, rules that roost with an She's iron fist. She's yeah. on it.
0: He says they dated for a few months and then stopped. And that's, you know, when, when, uh, no, he says Corey and him dated for a few months, then stopped. And that's when Tony and Jennifer dated.
1: Right. And then he went back with Corey.
0: Yep. And he was two years older than her. They were banging after school at the, the Pando's house. Cause Margie didn't get home from work till five. Right. And she got pregnant and they had and an a birthday. Yes, and immediately I'm like, okay, this is way more intertwined than we thought. Yeah, this
1: is this is not mm-hmm. just casually dating, going to the yeah. rollerama.
0: Ron says he was shocked and pissed off, and Tony says Ron didn't like him because it was a major embarrassment for the family. Tony claims that the Pandos lived in this fancy development, which, I mean, I guess it was like a it little more nice. upper class. Yeah, yeah, um, and. Tony lived in a trailer park and for that, they didn't like him. Mm -hmm. Tony says he dumped Jennifer for Corey and she was real torn up and she would do stuff to terrorize Corey and she hated her. Now that's corroborated by the friends. They're all like, oh, Jennifer hated Corey.
1: Yeah.
0: But we learn later they're still fucking around and I'll get to that. The big episode, the big event in this episode is that Lena, a Navy interrogator, has been brought in to determine if Margie's going to lie. Yeah, I love this. So she's, she's like a human lie detector, essentially. Yep. And so they do the interview, and guess what? She doesn't think Margie's lying. No. She does not think that Margie knows more than she's saying she knows.
1: Mm-hmm. And some
0: of the things Margie was saying in that interview were very touching and moving. hmm You know what I mean? She was like, That's- I see my daughter. I, I'll never forget that image of her the last time I ever saw her. Like, it was very... This, this is mother in pain. So at this, this point, I'm like, pain. okay, maybe Ron killed her, wrote
1: mm-hmm. the note,
0: got rid of the body, and Margie knew
1: nothing about it. Yeah. I am wondering how possible. the bedroom door got locked. Unless it was one of those yeah. that you could lock it and then pull it shut and it would actually lock.
0: Well, we, and we only have their word that it was locked.
1: And it was locked. True.
0: Yeah. We have to, you really have to make the distinction between all the information that is funneled through the Pandos yeah, parents. Yeah, it's true because we don't know so mr burns now breaks down the polygraph and he says it turns out that margie was deceptive about the dental appointment but because she couldn't remember and he says the reason that polygraphs are inadmissible and not trustworthy is they often misread confusion for deception right which makes sense
1: and 14 years 20 some odd years later to go thank you Oh, was her dentist appointment? Was it a dentist appointment or a doctor's appointment? Is it Friday or Thursday? I I knew I had to cancel an appointment for? Her. My mother right. couldn't tell you what day my dental appointment was. 30 yeah. some odd years
0: ago. I had to call my I had to call my mother and say, How old were my kids when they had the tubes put in their ears? You know, that major surgery they had when they were little. Right. Because I couldn't remember. Yep. So yeah, yep. I get it. So um Another thing I want to say here is we thought they took the polygraphs right away when she was missing and they didn't. They took them when they reopened the case in 2006. So it's been, it was 20 years.
1: Of course, their memory is going to be sketchy.
0: Yes, of course. So then we get to the handwriting analysis and the producers are talking to the examiner who who made this. Mm -hmm. He's the criminal profiler dude. And he's like, look, this is a staged crime scene. Like it's clearly, that is a thing. But he says, from a profiling standpoint, you would need a lot of information, blah, blah, blah. So the director basically says, did you know the police were looking at Ron and Margie when you made this profile? And he says, yes, they were the only suspects. Yeah. Which is why he pointed to the mother and father. Right.
1: That's all we Mm -hmm. got.
0: Yep. The director says,
1: You know, this is
0: Steven's smoking gun. And the dude is like, Well, I guess Steven's fucked up because he hates us. Or he goes, I guess he shit out of luck because he hates his parents and his parents hate him like <laughs> this dude. Right. I don't know what to say.
1: No, he was like, Okay, great. I'll fill space now.
0: <sighs> then Jake Rice, the new investigator, comes in. He's like, Well, your note, your note says if the note was fabricated, blah, blah, blah. And he's going, We don't know that Jennifer wasn't around to help this. So Everything Steven has based his assumption on. Is now has in question. been called into question. Okay. So now we have. Uh, Carrie Hendricks. So now we're going to start looking at other suspects. Yeah. Carrie Hendricks is the dude that was. They were babysitting for who bought them alcohol. And he 100% did. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. That guy was sketch mm-hmm. as all get out.
0: S- single dad. With a right. one year old son. Two 15 year old girls at his house. Gen X, he's 100% buying them alcohol. Buy them
1: alcohol, yeah. Mm-hmm. And hoping that they'll hook up with him.
0: Wendy Reed, yes. Wendy Reed says his name was given to her in 2006, but she couldn't find him. Um, he'd been convicted. He has a record, like a of pretty course. crazy record. Um, Donnie likes him for this because he has a few assault charges and he calls one of Carrie's victims and gets, gets like Weirdo Robin. Okay, so Robin is one of Carrie's quote, victims. Okay. Mm-hmm. She says, he tried to grab me and I said to him, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh so freaking hard. I was dying. I was like, wait, wait, what? What? what just happened? Of all the things
1: that someone says when they're gonna try to be crapped. I rebuke you in the name of G Je- Not even just I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. That would be ridiculous enough mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Of Nazareth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then okay. like Donnie says, I could have been okay, so so they track him down and they're interviewing and he's real rough looking. Oh yeah, Like, I think he was a meth addict because all the teeth are gone.
1: There there was a lot of, there was a Mm -hmm. mouth hole situation. Oh, show. It's it's
0: not good. So at the time of disappearance, he said he had a one-year-old son and he needed help. And he says um, he was, so they asked him about the original investigation. He's like, oh, I was one of the number one suspects. And then he says the abduction with Robin, Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. of Nazareth. Right. Was that he was trying to rob her and get her purse because he was on cocaine at the time. Right. And um, he thought that she was trying to push, he was trying to push her in the car. And so they assumed it was a sexual assault. He says he considered himself a father figure to these girls and never gave them a lick of alcohol. Never would.
1: Liar, now your pants on fire.
0: (laughs) He says that Ron was all over him and even came over there. And he said something real curious about Ron <laughs> because he goes, Ron came over and instead of going, he was a nice man, he goes, mm-hmm. he was a nice looking man. Yeah, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should we leave you two alone? Yes, yeah, you Stephen guys need has, a moment. <laughs> Steven is not convinced. He still thinks it's his dad. And at the end, we see Jake calling to say he's doing he's having some testing done on the case. Now, episode four.
1: By the way, that's we where were, I thought the whole thing ended until I was smart enough to yes. look it up, and and I don't know why it like didn't show don't up, and know I was what like, "What happened?" But thank God I looked; otherwise, I'd be like, "And we're done." Oh wait! <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now Margie has Margie. I don't know why I keep calling her Margie. She's Margie. She's Margie. Margie is um agreeing to undergo hypnosis? So she's yeah, undergoing hypnosis. She'll do now. everything, which is what everything, uh, everything. Uh, her story does not change. The episode focuses now more on Stephen and Margie's relationship. We see Stephen mm-hmm. getting married, like, on some cliffside in, like, Switzerland. It's amazing. Right.
1: With his beautiful and, daughters and his beautiful uh, wife. And the
0: director is showing Margie a video of it because the directors mm-hmm. were there. Um, I wrote Stephen has really great art in his house. Yes. Yes, There's he does. that. Mm-hmm. He says he believes law enforcement knows what this has done to him and his mother. And if she's ruled out, they would have told him, right? Nope, mm-mm, 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 nope. Nope. They don't care. He calls Jake and he's like, Look, Jake, are my parents still suspects? Like, what's going on here? And Jake says, Your parents did not help themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, their behavior was super weird. And I can't rule them out. So they are still in the mix. Right. That's what he said. But he's like, I'm getting some handwriting analysis done. Now Stephen hires another. He hires his own handwriting analysis. Right. I appreciate Stephen's energy because he's like,
1: I can't wait for this shit. Right. I, I got things to do, places mm-hmm. to go, people mm-hmm. to see. We're figuring mm-hmm. this out. And I have enough money to throw at it. So I'm going to find yeah. my own people.
0: So this handwriting analysis rules out the father and the mother, and she even ruled out Carrie Hendricks, which how they got his handwriting, I have no idea. Maybe like, right. please, can I buy, like, it's always funny, <laughs> please, can I buy two crack rocks? For $2, <laughs> but um, guess who's back in? Tony Tobler.
1: Tony who's Tobler's back
0: in. Back in. Yep. Mm-hmm. She said it's not 100%, but like, he's, he's under suspicion. Mm-hmm. Now Jake Rice calls Ron, we don't see this, this happens off camera, and tells him they're pursuing new leads and he's pretty much exonerated. hmm So the filmmakers, Ron must have told them. Yeah. And he tells Ron that there was a piece of the info in the file, the original file, that was overlooked. And it's a one-armed man named Charlie May. And I'm like,
1: is this The Fugitive? What is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's my same thought as well. Like, are we going to be getting Harrison Ford in on this? Because yes. be, I'm down for that.
0: And this guy had um, a connection with Tony Tobler. Mm-hmm. So the filmmakers also learn there's a secret grand jury. And Tony Tobler right. and Charlie May are both there. Yep. No one tells Stephen this.
1: Nope.
0: Okay, now the film jumps to eight months later. Jake calls Stephen to ask if mom has... Any other writing from
1: Jennifer or Tony? They need more Tony. Mm-hmm.
0: Guess what, Amanda?
1: She magically has a box of all of Jennifer's letters that I can just pull right out, and there's 50 notes in there from Tony.
0: That not only gives the handwriting sample, but provides much context about their relationship.
1: Yes, that oh it was my not God. casual.
0: Whew, okay. This is insane to me. The directors tell Steven about the grand jury and he's real pissed off that they didn't tell him earlier. He's Mm -hmm. like, I wish somebody told me this looking at you. And then Steven calls Jake to tell him I found the letters and he asks what led them to Tony. And uh, Jake says the original file led them to finding an individual who corroborated the theory that Tony had something to do with this. Now here's what is contained in the newly found Jennifer and Tony letters mm-hmm february 1986 a year before she goes missing tony is so in love with her he says he wants to buy her a promise ring and wants to marry her
1: yeah again not so 14 years old
0: again tony said they were dating casually
1: right mm-hmm. tony has totally lied about mm-hmm. their relationship
0: june yeah. 6th still love letters and at one point he says if you cheat on me i would kill you and whoever it was
1: mm-hmm. okay
0: now that could be something just a teenage boy says fine right
1: but mm. September twenty. go ahead if she hadn't gone missing I would just look at that and go that's a thing a teenage boy says but now she's gone missing
0: (laughs) Mm mm-hmm September 24th after they break up after the abortion supposedly he's back with Corey right he writes that he's been calling her and she won't return his calls and where is where is she October nineteen eighty six. She writes that her arms have bruises from when he threw her on the bed and he needs to stop throwing her around like some whore. And she says he is lying to her about his relationship with Corey. So they were totally sleeping together behind. They Corey's were still back.
1: banging. Mm-hmm. Ha- absolutely.
0: And I want a camera pointed on Corey's face when she sees this part of the documentary.
1: I do too, because mm-hmm. ooh.
0: Although I think there is a world where Corey's involved in this. And we'll talk about that.
1: Okay.
0: So Steven watches the footage of Tony being interviewed by the producers. And they ask Tony, where did the rumors of Jennifer having mental health problems start? Was it from your breakup? And he laughs and he's like, how long do y'all think we dated? Because it wasn't right. long. It
1: wasn't. There's was nothing anybody would be upset about. Yeah.
0: Like, dude, yeah. I know people who got pregnant and had abortions in high school that is a big thing you know mm-hmm. what i mean like there's a lot of complicated feelings
1: changing emotional yes
0: situation. it's i'm sure that this girl wasn't like oh she's getting an abortion oh you go take Corey, it's fine right no 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 Mm-mm. so they went through something you know yep. what i mean so steven's wife says this has been torture on Stephen. like it's made him question everything and she's like but yeah, you know, I still have this nagging feeling like that. It's the parents, like something is still not wife. right there. Yeah, I did too. I like her. So now we meet Charlie May.
1: Oh girl, let's talk about Woo! Charlie May. Woo-hoo! Did you see
0: the clip I put in the Little Miss Recap Facebook friends group? I did. I did. Did you or did you not as a Gen Xer have people you knew who lived in the woods
1: that you met and you hung out with? i did Everywhere not but adults. right i did not have that experience myself but there's nothing about that experience that mm-hmm. rings remotely weird to me because that mm-hmm. would have happened in the mid-80s we,
0: we knew which of these guys lived where and who would buy us beer if we gave them five extra bucks right
1: right mm-hmm. yeah yep. like <laughs> mm-hmm. oh so with his, they, with his they, trump hat on or trump t-shirt on or whatever it was oh God. Yeah. so he had a trump hat on Oh, yes. And he is in yeah. Florida, so. Sure.
0: And he had a Hershey's Pennsylvania Yeah, Yeah, was a
1: Hershey Pennsylvania shirt. <laughs> That's, I was like, there's so, so he, much he, weirdness going on with this dude.
0: So he has a Trump hat on. And a I helped kids with cancer Hershey shirt on.
1: Right. Because those so, two yeah, things aren't at odds messages. at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so Charlie, so they meet at a hotel room. And Charlie tells Stephen that he and Tony met while he was smoking pot and doing his martial arts on the railroad tracks in the woods. Sounds right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they were just associates smoking weed. And he says he knew Jennifer and he had met her when Tony introduced her as his fiance.
1: Right. Interesting. But at 15, well, I guess he was 17, but still.
0: Yeah, yeah. He Tony's was years 17. Older,
1: six, yeah. 16 or 17. Still mm-hmm. weird. And don't
0: forget. I mean, in the 80s, it was not unusual to get married at 20. You know yeah. what I mean? So, Tony called him one day and asked, How do you get rid of a body if you need to? And right. he goes, I just told him, Well, you put it in a barrel of acid, which you can obtain from an open construction site, and you can obtain the acid
1: where they clean brick at all of these. Like, it was real specific. Yeah. Uh, okay i am a 50 year old woman i would not know the answer to any of these questions
0: well i've watched enough true crime i think that i can say you can dissolve a body you know I've i would know acid but bad. i wouldn't
1: necessarily know where to get the I supplies wouldn't Know where
0: to get it i would right. know that you could probably get a 55 gallon drum on a construction site only right. because my husband's in construction yes but i would not know but otherwise that acid. I have no idea. I don't know. Go to Home Depot? I don't know where (laughs) they sell it. Hi, do you have the acid that dissolves human
1: bodies? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Aisle six, three quarters of the way down on the right.
0: (laughs) So then he says Tony told him eventually that he got in a fight with Jennifer. He hit her. She fell. She hit her head and she was dead. Then uh, Charlie says he hadn't heard from him for a while. And then Tony called him a few weeks later and said the problem was, quote, taken care of. Right. Right. I want to know the date of that call. I know, me too. Charlie says, I thought this was a joke, so I didn't say anything at the time. And he also says he didn't share this information with the police in 1987 because he goes, and I'm quoting him here, because everything, and he points to his head, because everything was so crazy and still is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't know what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, I I have a feeling there's a lot more people living in Charlie May's head (laughs) than just Charlie May. I have a feeling so, Charlie May has some brain friends.
0: <laughs> brain friends. So That's film, my new the, phrase. The film crew asks if he's told anyone else this ever, and he's like, No. Then he goes, Sir, would you mind if I could pray with you? And Steven's like, sure, why not? Sure, Jesus, whatever. <laughs> <on Nazareth>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the prayer. I was like, with oh your Trump hat God. and your Hershey's t-shirt, now we're gonna pray. Sure. So sure we are.
0: You know, obviously. Steven thinks this is true. The filmmaker's like "Mm, he doesn't seem super like super credible to us. Right. Then we have this scene where Steven says, I feel relieved that my parents might not be guilty, but at the same time, you know, I've caused so much hurt on an already tragic situation. I carry a lot of guilt with me for that. I'm sure. Then they pan to Margie and Margie says, the filmmaker says, Does Steven need to does he owe you an apology? And Margie says, absolutely not. No, I do not need an apology from Stephen. What he is doing fills my heart, but it breaks my heart at the same time. And she says, he doesn't need to do anything. All he needs to
1: do is walk through that door.
0: Yeah. And I, to me as the ultimate mother, I was sobbing. That
1: that rang so true to me as a mother. Mm -hmm, Like all mm -hmm, he has to do is mm -hmm, come back mm -hmm, and we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause you know, I cried everything. So even reading this gives me chills. Like, oh. I did okay. not cry because I have a stone cold heart, but yes.
0: <laughs> That's like Mary Payne. Yeah. Every time we're recapping something, I'm like, I'm sobbing. And
1: she's like, nope,
0: oh. nope. <laughs> yeah,
1: Mary Payne and I are, are the same. <laughs> I do not cry at most things that people cry at. I
0: cry at everything. It's ridiculous. So later we find this note. Okay. So later Jake calls and he's yeah. like, there has been a break here. I've gone through all these notes and I found a note that is dated February 9th. 1987 at 7.42 p.m., which is the night before she goes missing. Right. I'm going to read you the note. <clears throat> you give me your impression Yes, when, ma'am. when I'm done reading this. Okay. Get into, get into 15-year-old Amanda's head. Okay. I'm here. All right. Tony, hey, what's up? Like, I'm kind of imagining you're at Corey's right now. Anyways, I just wrote to tell you that you should not have lied to me. I'm not sure what I'm going to do to hurt you the way that you hurt me by lying to me, but I can assure it won't be pleasant. I think I'm going to do you a very, very big favor. Just don't ask what, because I'll only tell you when I feel the time is right. But I will tell you this. It will do you a very big favor, at least in my eyes, which could be deceiving you. Well, just thought I'd say you'll pay for lying to me, Jennifer. Thoughts?
1: It sort of made me, it, it was the first time I really wondered, did she leave on her own and kill herself?
0: That's what I thought too.
1: Yeah.
0: Because a that was the first girl is going to be like,
1: I'll do you the favor and I'll fucking make myself disappear. Right. And now you don't mm-hmm. have to deal with this. Yeah. And that was the first time I really genuinely thought, what if she killed herself?
0: Yeah. yeah. Or what if she just dis? Then I'm like... Could she have disappeared and framed him for it? (laughs) Right. And could she could she be living in like, you know? I don't think she's alive. I don't think think she's alive either. Because Margie said there was a a shady truck stop near them and blah, blah, blah. And I think if she did leave on her own, which is entirely possible, Mm -hmm. she probably was found by someone who was had nefarious intent. Yeah. Did something. Mm Mm-hmm. So Stephen has a different read on the letter. He's like, she was going to bust him for a lie. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't get that impression.
1: No, because mm. that wouldn't be doing him a favor. It's the doing him a
0: favor. Favor. But yes. Yep. Yeah. So the results are in the examiner says they cannot rule Tony out. In fact, it kind of points to Tony as the mm-hmm. author of the letter. Then we get this whole thing where they're testing the letter for DNA um and they it, that's all inconclusive because right it's been too everybody's long he's touched that fucking letter
1: right it's been too long and there's been no chain of custody on this letter so anything that comes off of it i don't i don't uh, to me it doesn't matter yeah we could have okay. tony's like saliva all over it and it'd be like well <laughs> everyone else has touched this Agreed. so who the hell knows
0: we see we see steven chatting with wendy reed about so okay so In order to get Tony's DNA for the letter, they needed an affidavit, which will lay out probable cause. So Mm -hmm. Stephen goes and he gets a copy of the affidavit from the public records at the courthouse. And um, he gives it to Wendy Reed. And Wendy Reed's like, Charlie May is not reliable. Right. And I also don't think a 17-year-old kid would know where to find this stuff and kill someone and hide the body and lift a barrel of that weight. But he was
1: a big kid. We saw pictures. He was a big kid, but I, the, the moving a barrel of that weight of the dead weight of a person. And I mean, it seemed like Jennifer was a pretty average size person. So, but still let's call her 120 pounds. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Plus the weight of all the liquid plus the weight of the barrel. That seems Mm -hmm. really improbable that one person, even a real beefy person could move it.
0: Could he have done this? Could he have brought jennifer somewhere had the barrel there put her in it put the acid in it put the lid on it and pushed it off a cliff
1: sure that's possible yeah they need to find her body is what they need yeah yeah that's the only way they're ever going to truly solve this is to find her body
0: so another thing i want to say that i forgot is they went through all those notes again from tony and jennifer and Tony makes reference to Charlie May several times,
1: mm-hmm. almost
0: in like an alarming way. At one point, he says he's crying about Charlie. I don't know yeah, like wrote.
1: his attachment to Charlie seemed real mm-hmm. sketchy.
0: Charlie, his Charlie's our junior. We used to have this guy named Junior. Okay, had like a studio apartment somewhere, was probably forty, um, <laughs> and just used to let us all come over and drink. Because that's kids not at all kids of all ages weird. went to juniors.
1: Yeah, oh, and then
0: one day. I'll never forget one day it was just me and my girlfriend and he took out a gun and he was like oh "Oh, I want to show you my gun and I was like we're out of here and that's it we're never going back and we never went went back back to juniors juniors. good Jesus
1: that's scary yeah
0: Yeah. so this is how it ends now the DA calls Steven and he says BT dubs I should have told you a few years ago that your mother and father are no longer suspects on this right
1: like oh Uh, god my bad todays is
0: Stephen says he wants to meet his mother private, privately, and will never tell her what Charlie said because it's just too much. It's
1: awful. It's mm-hmm. too much. Yeah, I wouldn't tell her either. He pull
0: he pulls up in his Porsche and has an uh, off camera chat with Margie, and we see them embrace at the door. And again, I cry. Yeah. I- the DNA comes back inconclusive. Pretty much, they can't prove anything. They can't go forward. And Stephen says at the end. A teenager does not just get up and walk out of life. It's just the not knowing that I'll have to learn to accept. And then we learn like no one has been charged and her case remains open. And that's it. That's That's it. That's the miniseries. We have no idea. Yeah. We still have no idea. (sighs) All right. So let's go through a few scenarios. Okay. And you play devil's advocate. I'll lay out the scenario. Okay. And you punch holes in it. Got it. So Tony and Corey are involved. Yeah. Tony comes over. He's able to get Jen out of the house. Does he write the note, maybe? With Jennifer maybe. there or with Corey there? Okay. But then again, how would they know
1: about the doctor's appointment? Jennifer right. has to be alive. Jennifer has to be alive somehow to say the doctor's appointment. If yes. it'd be it would have been so interesting if the mother had been like, She didn't even have a doctor's appointment. I know. That would yeah. have been interesting. But she confirms that there was some sort of appointment mm-hmm. that had to be canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had never really so considered could, so Corey Pope being be involved. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that could be why they're still married.
1: They got the trauma okay. bond going. Right. I mean, there's definitely something creepy in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Of all the theories, actually, that's probably the one I have the most difficulty pulling, pulling holes in, based on the evidence that we have. Yeah. And that, and whatever Jennifer said to him. Now, I wonder, I wish we knew the phone records of the house that night. I know. Did I know. she talk to somebody other than Sharon? Who knows?
0: I don't know. But how would her leaving with Tony? Okay, so here's another question. Okay. The note that was written the night before that says, you know, I'm do I'm doing you a big favor, blah, blah, blah. Did he see that note? Did like, he tell her to write that? But like, would would she have had time to? I'm assuming they're exchanging these notes at school, Would right. they have had time to have school that day, and then he gives it back. Maybe, maybe if she writes it on a Thursday night. They go to school Friday. They exchange it then.
1: How does she get the note back? Is the weird part. Well, the thing is, she writes it. Th- she writes it within hours of her disappearing. No, she wrote they- it the night before. Did she write it February 9th or February 8th?
0: She wrote it February 9th and they said that she went missing February 10th. Let me see. I'm going to. That's the morning. That's the
1: day they discovered the night of February 9th is when she disappears.
0: Okay. Well that note was written at seven o'clock at night. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Cause you're right. I was hung up a little bit on that as well. Yeah. I think you're right. I think February 9th. So could she have wrote it that morning in school?
1: Potentially. Now the time said 742. Did it say P or A or just 742? Yeah. Yeah. So then she didn't write it at school. If we're going to take the time, if she's going to put the time on there, that, that note never made it to school. Right. It was in her notebook. Yeah. Was she going to give it but to him the next us, day? Yeah.
0: So, so again, it does not. I never looked at that note as being evidence against Tony. I looked at that note as being an insight into her, where she was. Yep. So I don't think it matters. I think we know that this is where she
1: was with this. Mm-hmm. So and their relationship was much bigger than Tony led on. So we know he's lying.
0: So did she leave on her own? Is there a world in which the parents still did? What is your, what are your thoughts? What is your theory that you think happened?
1: I think if almost anything, it is more likely than not that she left on her own more and more. Um, If I, I feel like they've done enough to exonerate the parents and yet I'm still not sold on the father, not being involved. I can buy Margie's not involved um i
0: could buy that too i think
1: and doesn't know anything um, i think we could buy that yeah let's yeah. let's say Marge that is, good. is solved margie's, well, margie's out, is good. out of the loop okay. and i'm glad she and Stephen have reconnected um
0: yeah i heard an interview kate casey interviewed this filmmaker and Stephen.
1: oh and did it's we learn anything and Stephen okay, said that he's
0: very close to his mother now and she has a good
1: relationship with the daughters oh good good i'm mm-hmm. glad um i'm glad for that healing for all of them mm-hmm. um i can't rule out that the father did it i just can't he's just so scary to me and so menacing and and the fact
0: that he's gone on to have abusive
1: behavior as an adult right outside of this yeah Mm -hmm. um so it to me it's one of three things tony did it but again then how does he deal with the body etc 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 how does he get the body out of there all of this yeah basically she i i can't i can't get to a world where she died in that bedroom because how do we get the body out of there with no sign of anything
0: let's say she did fall and hit her head
1: there's no blood around the room like i'm gonna
0: poke a hole in our theory that she left on her own okay you're 15 you're leaving on your own why disguise your handwriting
1: yeah. And why not bring anything with you?
0: Yeah. Why not just write the note in your handwriting?
1: Right. Somebody right. else was there. Somebody, Somebody else was, else there. was and there. I think it was Tony. Yeah. And maybe he showed up and he was like, let's go. Let's do this. I'm dumping Corey. I'm Charlie. here for you. Yeah. Let's go meet yeah. Charlie. Let's go get high with Charlie. By the way, Charlie mm-hmm. then goes. <coughs> what if Charlie killed her? Oh,
0: I think Charlie was way more involved yeah then he's making it out
1: to be agreed if she did not walk out of there on her own i think the most likely thing is that tony is involved and now i i'm totally with you on the fact that charlie's definitely involved in that too Mm -hmm. if tony did it charlie's absolutely a big accomplice to this
0: yeah because another thing about these guys who live in the woods that we all knew as gen x teenagers They would do this. They would they help would you by this. the
1: body. I mean, That's I mean, right.
0: my case of They were there.
1: Right. Exactly. So. And clearly these two were already, you know, smoking weed in the woods and all that. He mm-hmm. was already having mm-hmm. a, a non-boundaried relationship with teenagers. We'll put it that way. Um, and, and
0: I think, I think Corey
1: knows about it. Yeah. I think she does too. Cause she was real intent of watching everything Tony mm-hmm. said in that interview. There was not a moment where Tony was going to be in front of a microphone without her. No. Period.
0: And at one point, one and of them- But the whole time, she's like, <laughs> this is no big deal. I know. She like, was like, not a big deal. And, she and, was forced easy breezy. Yes. And Tony's cockiness with- the, How long do you think we all dated? Right. Yeah. How big of a relationship like, do you dude, think Dude, you this got was? this girl pregnant and you had right. an abortion. That is something. That is not nothing. mm um, No. I just think that- I think Ron's a piece of shit, but I don't, I can't, I don't know if he did it. This is, this case is maddening.
1: This is because every time you start down a path, there's a way to debunk that path on all of and them. And it all revolves around, around the note. that note. Yep. You that figure out who note. wrote the note. And the fact that okay. they said it, they can't rule out that it was Tony's handwriting. Okay, let's take this scenario. Okay. Who who produced the note? Who
0: gave us the note? The Pandos. Yes. Parents. What if they wrote that note just to delay? Like they didn't kill her, but they discovered she was missing. Mm-hmm. We already know from Tony, like they're big on show showiness. You know, they don't yep. want to be embarrassed. Don't want to break you know, oh fuck, our daughter
1: ran away again. You know what I mean? Right. After being pregnant, we already got her an abortion. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. yeah. Uh, what
0: if they I don't know. I don't know. Be, a I feel like answer, but it
1: is. I feel like the handwriting experts have been pretty definitive that it was neither of them who wrote the note. And yeah. yeah. I feel were two independent secure.
0: handwriting people think that Tony might have.
1: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. More people are pointing to him.
0: Cuz the important thing to remember is they have Tony's handwriting from then.
1: Yes, not and I mean my handwriting at 15 to. is very different than my handwriting now. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Right, um, I don't
0: use hearts to dot my eyes anymore. <laughs> you don't I don't make my M's like the Metallica M anymore. I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, I had a very like specific handwriting in like middle school. And I'm sure it was based on someone else's handwriting that I thought looked mm-hmm. cool. So I was mm-hmm. like trying to to imitate mm-hmm. that. Um so yeah, I so the... think it's Tony. Yeah. And I think
0: Corey knows, and I think Charlie knows.
1: Yeah. And I I think, think... those three are the key to it. I'd love to put I'd love to, well, I mean, they're not admissible, but I would love to put Tony and Corey on a lie detector and oh, see yeah. what happens. And or put the them with too. that that body language expert person and I see agree. what they say about them. The
0: human lie detector, the native yes. lie detector. Yeah. Here's another thing. If somehow Corey had, or Tony got a hold of that note that I, you know, I'll do you a favor, blah, blah, blah. Or if she even imparted to him those ideas. He may have said, I'm coming over to talk right now. Yeah. And let me come over and talk. And that's how he got there. And let's go somewhere. Let's go away for a few days. Let's talk about this.
1: Let's figure this out. We'll write a
0: note to your parents so they don't call the police because I don't want to get in trouble. Right. Let's figure this out. Let's go. You know what I mean? He gets her out and that's
1: that. and it would have to have been after he talked i mean because we know we know she was alive when she talked to sharon at like ten thirty at night because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was because that's why ron came in yelling at her it's past the time when you're allowed to be on the phone totally yeah. real normal thing at that age my mother yep. also at like ten thirty would have been like "Eh, yes. we're done with the phone yeah. for the night that's um, another
0: thing guys she they gave her the master bedroom on the ground floor with its own sliding door
1: yeah, that's very. That was also strange to me as well. Um, yeah, but whatever. I don't know. So I think Maybe. that's
0: what happened. I think she freaked out on him. I think he was like, "I'm gonna come over." He told her what he needed to tell her to get her out of the house. You yeah. Know, let's just let's run away together. Let's be together. Let's go to Charlie's for a few days. Don't take anything. Ju- let's leave this note to throw your parents off.
1: I wish we had phone logs of that night. I feel like that would also tell us a lot as well. Did, was there an incoming or outgoing call to Tony?
0: I think because their house backed up to all those woods, mm-hmm. I think they just went in and out through the woods. Yeah. Oh, we, for sure. We Charlie lived in the woods, so. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's there. easy. Yeah. Getting in and out of that development, the fact that there was a guard that was a gated community, yeah. all that tells me is that someone didn't drive up. That's the yes. only thing it tells you someone did not bring a car there to get her
0: and again we're only going on ron's although the original investigators probably asked the i'm sure yeah
1: they would have to have oh that's another thing wendy reed is like isn't
0: it odd that this file just reappeared
1: randomly reappeared yeah Yeah. that's who had the file because someone had it it wasn't Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. missing they went through that room three times before it and then it yep. randomly showed up and someone randomly went into that drawer and it was randomly in the bottom, in the back, like, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, and, all guns and, blazing at Tony. And Tony has lived in that that community his whole life. It's not mm-hmm. weird to think he's got buddy, many buddies, potentially, in the police department.
0: Yeah, but this uh, would hurt him, not help him. Yeah. Like, he would want that file gone.
1: He would. I don't know. Maybe someone that file had coming back... Power
0: what if jake rice was tony what if tony was jake rice's bully
1: oh and jake oh. rice is like i'm gonna jake rice is oh, this guy <laughs> this guy hey if i had a chance to frame my middle school bully <clears throat> for murder i might not it would take me a moment to decide not to do that
0: <laughs> let's put it that way oh i would a hundred percent do it <laughs> and then I, like as they were going to jail then i'd be like psych all right girl well i don't know if we've solved anything but i think we've landed on
1: it's most likely tony
0: plausible thing yeah yeah that makes the most sense with that she left of her own free will with tony tony because
1: you know how teenagers are
0: he was probably like let's run away together let's go be let's go to charlie's house for a week
1: we'll stay there there, we'll figure out how we're gonna be together Mm -hmm. we'll get Mm -hmm. it together charlie's a grown-up he'll help us out Mm -hmm. like Yep. yep, you know, at that age, you still sort of have magical thinking of what grownups can do to help you figure stuff out. Sure. yeah, even
0: even Charlie doing his little martial arts on
1: the tracks with a joy right hanging
0: out his mouth
1: <laughs> mouth and one arm, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't even know. I want the, I like like would like to see videos of Charlie High doing martial arts with his one arm on a train track.
0: I just I feel need like more that's Charlie. waiting for a music video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I need, need more, more Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, I don't really uh, need, I need more Charlie. Mean, but less I need more Charlie, Charlie in my life, but more Charlie. more Charlie on this documentary. Fun. Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you for covering this with me.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for recommending it. I, I it's an excellent documentary. It's slow. It doesn't does so not give you a pretty bow at mm-hmm. the end, but that's mm-hmm. okay. They don't all have
0: to. Um, I am watching. I just want to recommend murders at starved rock so this was a documentary it's three episodes long that came out i want to say two or three years ago and starved rock is a national park or state park outside of chicago okay and in 1960 three older women like women in their late 50s early 60s were murdered there brutally oh god and in the middle of the day and they framed. They they framed. Listen to me. They got this guy Chester Weeger, who you know they really liked, and there was a bunch of corrupt cops. I mean, it's 1960 Chicago. There's a bunch nice, of corrupt, like corrupt cops and shit, and they they put this guy away for life. Okay. And fast forward, the film is made by the prosecutor's son. Interesting. So the prosecutor puts Chester Weeger away. This kid Steven, grows up. Oh, my God. His name is Steven. Oh, I think Um, this kid grows up like with Chester Weeger as his boogeyman and his dad is sure. the town hero. You know, his dad put Chester Weaker away. Right. And it was the case that made his father's career. And he's a very famous prosecutor because of this and blah, 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 blah. And now this kid, I don't know, maybe his name's Dave. I forget. But he's like, I'm going to I'm starting to think Chester Weeger may have been wrongfully convicted. Oh, shit. He is on his own trying to solve this, this case. And he's like clashing with his father. Oh, wow. But also nobody will talk to him because he's this prosecutor's son. Sure. It's For so sure, sure. interesting.
1: It's so yeah. interesting. I'll have to watch that. Mm-hmm. I, I just also watched Take Care of Maya. Oh, Stephanie was watching that. Oh, that. it's so good. But it is so. I almost cried. This oh. cold cold heart almost cried. Okay. You will wail, cry. Yeah. Watching I don't this. know if I could do
0: it. I do heard it. it's it like was about so a CPS good. situation. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: yeah. It's basically about involved. medical kidnapping. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And but a beautiful another beautiful documentary. I might have to watch it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm almost
0: out murders at the Road rock. Okay, I'll put that on my list. Yeah, it's really good because it, cool. especially like learning how they solved murders in 1960, which was basically like a couple of bros just were like, that's the guy.
1: <laughs> right. And now we're going to do it. Um, what channel is that on?
0: Uh, Max. Okay. Some Max. Yeah. Okay. Guys, we will be off next week. Amanda and I For are sure. taking a break to celebrate our independence.
1: Sure, we'll um, go with sure. that. Sure.
0: We'll go with that. But anyway, it's fourth of July next week. So we won't be around, but we will be back the following week. We're not sure what because we were like, we're gonna do White Lotus, and now we got sucked into all these true crime docs. It's
1: documentary, and so it might be people seem one. to love it, and you and I are loving it. So we might keep doing this. I'm so we'll loving it, out. it. I'm loving it loving too. It.
0: Guys, um, come at us with some feedback. Let us know what you think happened here. I'll put a post in the Little Miss Recap uh, Facebook. Friends group, which is going to be renamed.
1: Oh, cool! Did, have we come up back with backdoor
0: friends? Backdoor friends. Mm-hmm. I like it.
1: I like it. Mm-hmm. Yes, backdoor friends. You're that all
0: my backdoor friends. Door
1: friends.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to rename that group. Not sex, um, crime, crime, sex. <laughs> not boss hog and then boys. Um, so, <laughs> so we are going to. I'm going to put a post in there, and I want to hear your theories. Yes, if you please. It. Some some of you started it thought it was too slow and, you know, so you're going
1: to I I encourage out. you to come back.
0: But mm-hmm. listen it's to good. us
1: regardless. It's good.
0: Yeah. And uh give us a five-star review if you like what you're hearing. That always helps please. people find us and do me a favor and just tell like two or three people about us. Yeah, in your life. We don't yeah. we don't need that millions, work. but just a couple. Pass a note, and pass a note around.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, the fact that I found someone in the wild recommend I us i was like oh oh that was great that, that was, was great. awesome yep all right
0: We're guys thanks so much for listening
1: amanda tell everyone real quick where they can find you instagram amanda lipnack amy will link it in the show notes because she's good that way
0: all right and we'll see you guys later thanks for listening
1: take care everyone